Hello everyone, welcome to Hatikva News. I hope you enjoyed that short chat I had with my rabbi. I'm so glad he was able to join us. It really made me feel so much better to connect with him and talk after such a hard couple months. It is really nice to speak with people of the community, people that you know and love, and I really appreciate all of his support. That was just great. If you want to come and talk to me on this podcast, the Calendly link is in almost every single video I post, and it's also in all of the bios, no matter where you're watching. So I hope to have some awesome guests on here continue to join me. So thank you all for that. Well, now um, let's just get straight into the news. I haven't done the news yet this week. It's Tuesday. Yesterday I did not do the news. Yesterday I did a special Christmas with Stacy. I hope you caught that. Um, there's a lot going on. There's a lot happening as always. So let's get right to it. So this is Hatikva News. I am Hope and let's talk about the news in Israel and the world because the war in Israel and Gaza has caused a huge Middle Eastern problem and the U.S. is now involved. A lot of countries are involved. Let's talk about it. So last night I posted on my Instagram that the power went out in Israel and that Bibi Netanyahu was in a bunker. Now, the power did indeed go out in Israel. There were several cities that had a blackout. It was about 150,000 people without power. For a few hours, they were able to get the power reinstalled or whatever, started back up again. So there's some disputes about whether or not it was a cyber attack some people say yes some people say no it wasn't a cyber attack but we don't really know what's happening yet we don't know what caused it all right well that's all we know so far that's the update now the u.s attacks iraqi hezbollah the u.s air force attacked three installations belonging to the iraqi hezbollah organization following attacks on the U.S. airbase in Iraq that injured seven U.S. soldiers. Yeah. Uh, Russia and Syria, they bomb the Kurds. So while the presidents of Russia and Syria are preaching to Israel about the war in Gaza, their two armies bombarded various areas in western Idlib, Syria, including civilian areas, the targets were depots of Ansar al-Islam, the Kurds, and Turkestan, and Jabat al-Nusra. So, there's stuff going on everywhere. Hezbollah and Iran. So, the Hezbollah-affiliated Al-Ma'andin news channel claimed that a senior official in Iran's Revolutionary Guards had been killed and an alleged, alleged, Israeli airstrike in Syria. Israel has not taken responsibility for this airstrike yet. So that was the big overnight news about the assassination of an Iranian general in Syria who was arming and directing the fighting of Hezbollah and pro-Iranian militias in Syria. Many threats sent Israel's way by Iran, Hezbollah, Hamas, and Yemen. After the assassination, everyone is holding their breath to see if Hezbollah responds with a big attack on the northern border. Historically, they do not rage attack, but rather surprise attack. Analysis do not expect an immediate response. In the meantime, the normal cross-border Israel-Lebanon Israel war... It's pretty much a war, you guys. They've been bombing back and forth for weeks now. It's still ongoing. There hasn't been any major escalation in that sense. However, Iran is speeding up their nuke development. So violating all previous agreements, Iran has reversed a slowdown in the rate at which it is enriching uranium to up to 60% purity, close to weapons grade. Returning to a rate of around 9 
kilograms a month from the reduced rate of 3 kilograms per International Atomic Energy Agency. So that seems like valid verified information. Okay, Lebanon. They have been attacking ongoing attacks. There has been damage to Manara. I have spoken about Manara a few times on here. It's a town near the Lebanese border. Severe damage to two buildings struck with anti-tank missiles. No reports of injuries yet as the community was largely evacuated, Baruch Hashem. Lebanon increased attacks, anti-tank fire, and shoulder-launched rockets at Hardov, Adamit, Dob, heavy exchange of gunfire, multiple IDF wounded, ID airstrikes, and artillery in response. Anti-tank fire hits an Arab-Israeli church. And, um... Anti-tank fire hits a Moshav Dovev, destroying the chicken coops and killing the chickens. I mean, all of war is sad, but especially, I mean, the chickens? Come on, leave the chickens alone. Uh, The farmer was saved because he left work to prepare food for the soldiers. So he was doing a mitzvah and God saved his life. He said, our chicken coop was a total loss and they won't let us in to see the damage. My heart hurts. Yeah, so that's a military zone now. Um, Wounded reported from the Lebanon attacks. Around eight wounded, three evacuated by helicopter. The wounded were hit by a second anti-tank missile at the church. Fired during the rescue of the church guard hit in the first attack. Two serious, one moderate, three light. One of the serious lost a leg. So, you know, I said that the Lebanon-Israel war wasn't really escalating. This seems like an escalation to me. You guys, I'm reporting the news. Take of it what you will. But, yes, this kind of thing has been going on for weeks. But this is really sad that an Israeli church, an Arab-Israeli Christian church, That's a mouthful. But as you know, if you watch this channel, Israel is full of all sorts of ethnicities and religions and peoples. So sometimes it is a mouthful to explain what's happening. Now, before we get any further, I want to show you a video of soldiers in the north thanking all of you for donating to the Thermal Wear Fund. I have continued to post this link over the past several days. It's also posted in this video. They are saying thank you so much to everybody. And here it is. Good morning, When I say a big thank you for keeping us warm at night and in the snow, thank you very much. Love you guys. Thank you very much. So if you do want to donate to a good cause, you know exactly where the money is going. It is going to keep the keep those guys warm. And it's obviously freezing up there. I did mention the other day that in better times, we ski up there in Mount Hermon. And so, yes, it's very cold. Okay, so the Houthis in Yemen are upping their threats and have been Iranian-armed well enough to do some serious damage to world trade. In Israel, shippers have already informed that transport costs for inbound goods will double, costs that will be passed on to the consumer. The Houthis are boasting, saying the equation imposed by Yemen For the sake of Palestine, whether the Americans like it or not, the Red Sea is Red Death. So, uh, this 10-country Red Sea coalition really needs to get on the ball. They need to figure out what the heck is happening. Um, U.S. Central Command reports the successful interception of a dozen one-way attack drones 
three anti-ship ballistic missiles and two land attack cruise missiles in the Southern Red Sea. The decisive action unfolded over a 10-hour time frame starting at approximately 6.30 a.m., countering threats posed by the Houthi forces. IDF spokesperson says Hezbollah launched an anti-tank missile targeting a Greek Orthodox church in northern Israel, injuring Israeli Christians. I did talk about this, but I have it in here because... It is risking regional stability with Hezbollah escalating attacks and Israel warns of consequences if diplomatic solutions fail, emphasizing Hezbollah's threat to the entire region. Now, some of the news that I compile for you all day, it's just constantly coming in. Even as I talk to you now live, my phone is still blowing up with notifications with my Israeli WhatsApp groups of more news and more news. It's really just like nonstop. So sometimes I'm a little repetitive because some new info has come in. So anyways, Morocco says Iran is arming their rebels to try to take control of the entry to the Mediterranean, which would give Iran effective control of 50% of world trade. Wow, that would be a disaster, you guys. That would be a disaster. So Morocco says Iran is trying to take control of Gibraltar. Gibraltar? I think that's how you say it. Anyways, Moroccan Ministry of Foreign Affairs, the the Iranian... The Iranian Revolutionary Guards are present and present in southern Algeria and are trying to arm the Polisario separatist Moroccan dissidents demanding independence in western Sahara. Iran's intention is to take control of the Strait of Gibraltar and the traffic through the Mediterranean via the separatist. You guys, this is becoming a disaster. I've said it 500 times. Go get what you need now. Get canned food. I'm not trying to make it sound like the end of the world, but inflation is already sky high. You need to go buy your goods and the things you need for the next month because this 10-country coalition is not getting this under control anytime soon. This is absolutely ridiculous. Now, Egypt was hit with a suicide drone likely headed to Israel. Explosions over the Egyptian Red Sea resort city of Dahab, likely a Houthi suicide drone headed towards Elat that missed or was shot down. Subsequent videos seem to show it exploding midair near the beach. And the IAF successfully intercepted a hostile area target near the Red Sea today. The aerial control unit closely monitored the incident. Okay, now into India. You guys, I'm telling you, I posted Israel and world news. It is a global catastrophe right now. All right, so in India, the Delhi police received reports of an explosion near the Israeli embassy in India. The police in New Delhi are investigating reports of this explosion, and it may have been the second explosion at the embassy in two years. A caller later identified as a police official informed police at about 6 p.m. local time that an in, that the explosion occurred in the Shanakupuri area. So there's that. Police rushed to the scene with a bomb disposal squad. Um, They didn't find evidence of an explosion or explosive device, but police did find a letter described as abusive at the scene addressed to the Israeli ambassador the Indian Express reported. So you guys, I don't know. Um, mixed reports here, but the Israeli foreign minister spokesperson Lior Haidt released a statement saying, This evening, India time, there was an explosion near the Israeli embassy in New Delhi, 100 meters from the embassy. 
there were no casualties as a result of the explosion and peace to all of the envoys and embassy workers. The circumstances of the incident are under investigation, but the local authorities in full cooperation with the Israeli security forces. Okay. Reuter, uh, Reuters reported a loud noise was heard close to the embassy. Um, this is all related to the fact that there have been false bomb threats against Jewish institutions over the past couple months since the Hamas massacre on December 1st. 15 synagogues across New York State received false bomb threats. Two weeks later, nearly 200 synagogues across the country received false bomb threats within 24 hours. All right. So now let's talk about Israel. So a rocket fired by a terrorist in the Hamas-controlled Gaza Strip struck a synagogue in the Sedot Negev Regional Council in southern Israel today, Tuesday. That was an update I had this morning. No one was injured in the rocket strike. However, there was extensive damage to the synagogue's roof. So we do have the Iron Dome, but it does not catch all of the rockets. And the terrorists are getting very smart and understanding that if they just bombard the Iron Dome, a few will get through. All right, you guys, let me talk about some of our political leaders and what they've been saying. So Israeli President Isaac Herzog addressed the nation on Sunday. I know I'm a little late, but, you know, we've all been busy with Christmas and celebrating Jesus. So, um, he is saying that it's a difficult evening because each time we hear the words, quote, cleared for publication, our hearts shudder with renewed pain and grief. Behind every name of a soldier who fell in battle, there is an Israeli hero, a family member, a son to parents or daughter. There are also women in the IDF who are in Gaza in war. They're a spouse, a father, a mother, a grandchild, a loved one. Herzog stated, our sons and daughters are fighting with supreme hero heroism they are sacrificing, sacrifice, sacrificing themselves in alleyways, shafts, tunnels, burrows in the dirt, in the complex, threatening and challenging enemy territory. They are bringing results and accomplishments. They fight with heroism, responsibility, with determination, morally, to achieve two interrelated goals, to eradicate a bitter and cruel enemy and bring home the hostages and rescue them from the abyss to protect our collective home in a war that we did not choose. Yes. Against a brutal terrorist so that we will not see a return of these bloody rounds again and again and again. They fight so that we, the Jewish nation, will have a better future so that the entire region and even humanity as a whole will have a better future and so that our brothers and sisters held hostage will be swiftly returned home. Regarding the hostages, Herzog said, The situation faced by our brothers and sisters, the hostages held captive by Hamas murderers, is unprecedented, cruel, and inhumane. The obligation to return them in any way possible any way possible is an indelible commandment burned deep in our consciousness we will not rest until they come home the president called on all israeli citizens to show a united front i completely agree you guys the the united nations passed a resolution for more aid to enter Gaza, which the aid is coming. I showed you guys a few days ago that Hamas is stealing the aid. But anyways, a part of that resolution was that the Red Cross was finally going to be able to see the hostages. They still have not seen the hostages. We are on day 82 of this war. We're 
you know, two months into this war. It's just sickening. The Red Cross, at this point in my mind, is an accomplice to all of this. They need to do everything they can to go see the hostages. All right, you guys, IDF ground, air, and naval troops are continuing to conduct joint combat throughout the Gaza Strip. IDF naval naval troops struck a number of Hamas terror targets, including terrorist cells that were identified near the troops. Terrorists hiding in buildings adjacent to these troops and military posts from which terrorists fired towards the troops. And all the while, there are many rockets being fired from Gaza. So, the other day, I mentioned how Egypt came up with a three-part peace plan. Israel offered a ceasefire or pause in fighting in exchange for the remainder of our hostages. And... Hamas denied that ceasefire. Everybody was, you know, everyone's out in the streets calling for a ceasefire. Well, Israel offered a ceasefire in exchange for our hostages, and Hamas denied that offer. So then, Egypt decided to come up with a three-phase peace process offer, and I spoke about that the other day. This is... Senwar. The Hamas leader, Yahya Senwar, spoke out for the first time since Hamas savagely attacked Israel on October 7th. The IDF keeps trying to catch this guy, by the way, and he keeps slithering away. It's really annoying. Really annoying. Um, so he finally spoke out for the first time clarifying that a prisoner swap to free the hostages is not on the table right now. In a message sent to Hamas leaders outside Gaza, Sinwar clarified that Is Ad-Din al-Qassam, Hamas's military arm, will not cave to the conditions of the occupation. I would like to point out As I always say, Israel withdrew from Gaza in 2005. Gaza is not under military occupation or Israel occupation. When these terrorists talk about occupation, they are talking about the entire state of Israel, which is not an occupation. The state of Israel exists and has the right to exist under international law. All right. According to Al Jazeera on a Monday report, Sinwar expressed in his message his appreciation for the residents of Gaza and the fact that they sacrifice themselves and express courage and solidarity. Sinwar also wrote that the Hamas troops are waging an unprecedented battle against the forces of the Israeli occupation and stressed the high number of Israeli casualties. Blah, blah, blah. I don't really want to quote him all that much. Listen, he is disgusting and he is hiding while the people of Gaza suffer. The other day, I showed you all those videos of Hamas stealing the aid and the people of Gaza going hungry. And here, Sinwar is thanking them for sacrificing themselves. The people of Gaza are starting to rise up against Hamas. They are sick of this BS, and I know they're sick of Sinwar. Part of the reason he's probably having to hide is because the people of Gaza if they could get their hands on him, would probably be really happy about it. All right, you guys. So let's move on to Bibi. Here I have a picture of Bibi Netanyahu in his visit in, to Gaza. He went to visit the Israeli soldiers. I want to make this picture really big so you can see our awesome soldiers. And it is really unprecedented for the Prime Minister of Israel to go into any war zone. Bibi has now done this twice. This is his second visit. 
And he said at the beginning of the weekly Likud faction meeting yesterday on Monday that he had just come from a visit to Gaza where Israel is engaged in a war against the Hamas terrorist organization. I am now returning from Gaza. I met a reserve brigade in the field. They all asked me only one thing, that we not stop and continue on until the end. He added, the newspapers and news studios say that we are stopping. They also said that we would stop after the first outline for the release of our hostages. And we continued. We will not stop. We will keep fighting and we will intensify the fighting in the coming days. It will be a long battle and it is not close to the end. We need patience, cohesion, unity, and willingness to, willingness to stick to the mission. Last week, Netanyahu published a declaration, a declaration in which he stated, All Hamas terrorists from the first to the last are dead men walking. They only have two options, surrender or die. And I did report that. Now... Today, he talked about the conditions for the day after this current war. Uh, Sorry, that was actually yesterday. The Wall Street Journal published it, in which he laid out Israel's conditions for the day after the current war, which are the demilitarization of the Strip, the destruction of Hamas, and the de-radicalization of the Palestinian Arab population. That's going to take quite some time because they are extremely programmed and brainwashed. Among other things, Netanyahu wrote that Israel must ensure that Gaza will not again be used as a base for offensive action against against us as it was used in the surprise attack on Simchat Torah, that Black Sabbath, October 7th, in which 1,200 people were massacred and 240 taken hostage, and that it is unrealistic to expect this from the Palestinian Authority since the PA pays salaries to terrorists and engages in constant incitement to violence against the Jewish People, yes, the Palestinian Authority, the PA, has a pay-for-slay program. If you kill a Jew, you get paid. If you end up in Israeli prison for breaking the law or being a terrorist, you get paid. The Palestinian Authority pays for these hate crimes. Among other things, This will require establishing a temporary security zone on the perimeter of Gaza and an inspection mechanism on the border between Gaza and Egypt that meets Israel's security needs and prevents smuggling of weapons into the territory. The aid is allowed to come. The, the aid is allowed to go to Gaza. Aid is being sent to Gaza over and over and over again. Hamas is stealing the aid. We, as a bordering country, would like to keep our people safe and we don't want the aid to have things smuggled in with it that are used for terrorism and murder. Fair. I think that's fair. All right. Netanyahu referred to the Abraham Accords, the peace deals Israel signed with the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, Morocco, and Sudan Sudan in 2020. And the transformations of Germany and Japan after World War II. As successful examples of how nations and populations have been been de-radicalized as Gaza must also be. Once Hamas is destroyed, Gaza is demilitarized and the Palestinian society begins a de-radicalization process. Gaza can be rebuilt and the prospects of a broader peace in the Middle East will become a reality. Israel has been under under international pressure since it began its retaliation for the October 7th massacre to end the war and agree to a ceasefire that would leave Hamas in power in Gaza and to free and right 
that would leave Hamas in power in Gaza and free to commit similar massacres in the future as its leaders have vowed to do multiple times. Yes, they keep saying that they will commit the October 7th atrocities over and over and over again. So, Israel has also faced pressure from the Western leaders to allow the Palestinian Authority to take Hamas's place in ruling Gaza, despite the PA's anti-Semitism, support for terrorism, refusal to to condemn the atrocities of October 7th, and anti-Semitic incitement. Yes, 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 yes. Alright, so there's always stuff happening in Judea and Samaria, the West Bank. Um, I'm not going to report on all of it. I do want to mention that not only did IDF forces operate overnight in Nurshams camp in Tolkram, making arrests and destroying terrorist infrastructure and blew up the house of a convicted terrorist, but they also destroyed a settlement. A settlement are these illegal Israeli settlements in the West Bank that people are really upset about. I did a whole thing about the West Bank, areas A, B, and C. So, some of this international pressure is making a little bit of a difference. And so the Israeli army and the Israeli government decided to destroy one of these settlements. Under Israeli law, a new settlement that has been built has 90 days to be demolished. This newly built settlement has only been built for 88 days so it was still within the time frame of being in demolition prospect or however you want to say it so I want to read what one of the settlers said he said To our disappointment, the right-wing government and Minister Smotrich have joined the campaign which allows the civil administration to rampage through the land under the auspices of this delegitimization of the settler community. These crusades of destruction of settlements are a first-rate crime under ordinary circumstances and to do so during a war while our soldiers are risking their lives on the front lines is seven times as worse. Anyone who remains silent this morning is a full partner in the crime. Um, attorney Nazi Rome from the Haninu Legal Aid Organization is representing three of those who were arrested, three of the settlers who were arrested. And he commented, It is painful to see how during a difficult war against the Arab enemy, the IDF and police are diverting forces to fight the settlers. It is painful to see injuries and contrary to the law on charges of obstruction um national security minister itamar ben gavir commented the defense minister is confused rather than supporting the farms of judea and samaria he continues to demolish and destroy even during the war he needs to change his mentality so you guys listen i've always said israel has a right wing and a left wing, just like in America, except, I mean, technically Israel is a parliamentary system. But there is a lot of debate. We are a democracy. There's a lot of debate happening in Israel about what should and shouldn't be done, who's right, who's wrong, what laws to pass, just like in America. There is a lot of heated debates that happen and people want to see change in many different ways. So... One of the things here that I would like to mention is that I believe it was the U.S. and the U.K. who said if you have been arrested for settler on Arab violence, then you won't get a visa to come and visit the U.S. or the U.K., I think that is kind of what's causing some of these ruffled feathers here and literally a destruction of a farm is that, you guys, I don't know. It's hard to explain. You sort of, 
have to take it as what it is. There's a lot of controversy happening. Now, there's a ton of stuff happening in the Gaza Strip. The IDF has cleared for publication the names of two soldiers. We have Eli Shai Lobert, 24, and Joseph Guitartz, 25. And then also, I believe I mentioned him a few, a few days ago, Staff Sergeant Daniel Nakmani of Kafar Saba was wounded in northern Israel on uh friday and he has succumbed to his in to his injury so he has also fallen um really sad stuff you guys so gaza internet and cell service is down up down up reported each way daily Earlier today, there were pictures in South Gaza of receiving warnings from the IDF to evacuate. This afternoon, it's shut down of communication, cell phone, and internet services in the center of the Strip and the South. We suspect questionable, questionable truthfulness. Well, listen, Israel was also out of power the other day for several hours. So, I mean, yeah, it's a war zone. There's bombs flying all over the place, whether or not it's cyber attacks or if it's just legitimately a bomb falling on like power lines and internet lines and stuff. I mean, who knows, you guys? Um, Heavy fighting and heavy airstrikes continue in Gaza. IDF gives civilians an area in an area a warning to evacuate. They always do this. You know, a lot of people were like, well, they told everybody to move south and now they're telling them to move again. It's like, yeah, Hamas keeps going where the civilians are supposed to go for safety. So now they have to keep telling the civilians to keep moving so they can keep finding the rest of the Hamasniks. So the IDF is instructing this movement to happen through Gaza channels. Residents of the Kizan Al-Naja area in southern Khan Yunus receive messages from Israel calling on them to evacuate. So heavy overnight airstrikes, airstrikes continue into the morning, including belt of fire attacks, a circle of bombing of an area, likely in order to collapse underground terror infrastructure. Yeah, if Hamas weren't complete psychopaths and terrorists, none of this would be happening. And if they haven't built up all of their army and military reserves in civilian zones and underground and in schools and in mosques, then all of the Gazan civilians would be safe. It's really, like, you guys, this is, this is it. It's just the truth. Um, several rockets from Gaza continue coming and they end up in near Gaza towns, Ashkelon and surroundings. The IDF has discovered weapons hidden beneath children's blankets and Israeli license plates found during an operation in Daraj Tufa in the northern Gaza Strip in recent days. The forces killed many terrorists in close quarters, combat in the Tufa area and the northern Gaza Strip due to the high number of close quarter combats and the presence of many terrorists and weapons. The forces carried out an operation in the area. Inside a child's bedroom in a civilian house, the forces discovered dozens of Kalachniknovs. Kalachnikovs, grenades, bazookas, RPG rocket heads, and Israeli license plates. The weapons found are further proof of Hamas's attempt at hiding weapons and terror activity behind civilian populations and infrastructure. Yes. After receiving information regarding Hamas's terrorist hiding inside schools, IDF soldiers of the Nahal Brigade conducted operational activity in the area of Al-Rafa'ah and Zavaha, schools in the Tufa in the northern Gaza Strip. 
During the encounter with the terrorists and their elimination, the soldiers located dozens of explosive devices in UNRWA bags. We talk about UNRWA all the time. That is the United Nations Relief and Work Agency. They continue to find Kalashnikovs and 15 explosive belts inside of UNRWA bags. In one of Hamas's attempts to attack the soldiers, a terrorist fired an anti-tank missile at IDF soldiers. Immediately afterwards, the terrorist was eliminated by a precise strike from a tank. Many terrorists who hid inside the schools were identified as operatives of Hamas and Islamic Jihad and were brought in for questioning. Some of the terrorists that were brought in for questioning took part in the October 7th massacre. There is further evidence of Hamas use of civilian population and infrastructure in the Gaza Strip as human shields for its terrorist activity. It's just every, every single day. This is the reports. These are the news. This is what's happening. So the Zabar Battalion forces engaged in securing Kafar Aza during the October 7th incident and are presently active in the Da'aj Tafa area located in the northern part of the Gaza Strip, as I was saying. From my current vantage point, Kafar Aza is visible once again, all bet from a different perspective. Conducting a coordinated operation involving the Zabar Battalion Engineering Force, the 460th Armored Brigade, and the IAF and Daraj Tafa, the forces successfully neutralized numerous combatants in close quarters. Additionally, they discovered and eliminated 10 shafts and several rocket launchers. They the forces also uncovered an explosive device, a box of grenades, a Nukba uniform, and photographs from a family album depicting children and a woman holding M16 rifles, RPGs, and sniper rifles. And guess what? I have video and photographs for you. So let's do the video first. Here is a picture of a family photo album with children carrying rifles. And I guess this is the, um, the RPG thing, rocket launcher. And there's also this one. Just, you know, some good family times here with weapons and indoctrination. And all of that behind them is like the Hamas emblems and logos and stuff it's just really creepy here is a woman in her burqa shooting a rifle and here's the uh the grenades they found and explosive devices i have several images of this for you and then, you know, some more ammunition and weapons and stuff. They are ready for the end of days. I mean, you know, a lot of us here in America believe in the right to bear arms. And we want to be able to protect ourselves at any given moment. But these people are training and preparing little terrorist armies so they can go and cleanse the world of the Jewish people. That is what they're doing. Okay, so a message was sent out to a lot of us who do this work saying, 
that Al Jazeera reported earlier that the IDF forces strategically targeted and demolished three residences within the Nur Shams refugee camp. However, it is crucial to clarify that the intended objective of the IDF was the destruction of an explosives laboratory situated in the Nur Shams refugee camp in Tulkram. I have a video for you so we can clarify this. The fact that the regular media in America, Great Britain, all over the world, they take Al Jazeera as serious reporting when in fact Al Jazeera is propaganda. And it's not, they don't, everything that they post is, is against Israel. And it's to warp the minds of people to be against Israel. Let me ask you this. Why the F was there an explosives laboratory inside of a refugee camp? Yeah, that's the question. All right, so here is the video. So a lot of people I've noticed on social media and the news today are really upset about this. They're saying that tens of people died. Well, they blew up an explosives laboratory inside of a refugee camp. Why was the explosives laboratory inside of a refugee camp? And why were there people inside of the explosives laboratory? Because they were working on explosives. So these aren't innocent civilians. I'm really getting sick of this number being sent out about the casualties and them not differentiating between a civilian casualty and a terrorist casualty. Because the IDF has said that they have now killed 8,000 terrorists. That is a good thing. Yes, there are civilian casualties who are sadly losing their lives because Hamas is using civilians as shields, human shields. It's just absolutely ridiculous. All right, so the Indonesian hospital, there's a few things going on there. I'm going to show you the video footage, save my voice a little. I've been talking a lot. שאתם יכולים לראות בתוך ההסככה הזאת יש רכב טויוטה קורולה ששייך ל... שנחטף מישראל ובתוך הרכב הזה יש מלא ממצאים יש כתמי דם שאספו ניתן לראות אותם בכל מיני מקומות וכמובן ממצאים נוספים בצד השני נמצאים, נמצא גם רכב טויוטה של מחבלים שיש בו אה, וסטים וציוד לחימה. Okay, so what you just saw was IDF footage from the Indonesian hospital in the northern Gaza Strip 
During this op operational activity, soldiers found evidence connecting Hamas's terrorist activities to the Indonesian hospital in the northern Gaza Strip and the inner compound of the hospital, a white Toyota truck of the same type used by Hamas terrorists during the October 7th massacre was located along with additional weapons. Furthermore, in the same inner compound, a Toyota Corolla vehicle with an Israeli license plate was found that belonged to the family of the late Samir Talalka. RPG remnants and blood stains were found in the vehicle, which were identified as belonging to another hostage. The finding of the vehicle directly links the hospital to the brutal events of October 7th. The Indonesian hospital was opened in 2015 near Jabalia as the largest hospital in the northern Gaza Strip. It is one of the hospitals that the Hamas terrorist organization uses in order to hide behind six civilians and from which it operates terrorist infrastructures. The Indonesian hospital serves as a meeting place to conduct fighting and a base for senior officials and operatives of the Hamas terrorist organization. This is a hospital. Everything that I just said is a war crime. The hospital has extensive terrorist infrastructure and near there are tunnel shafts leading to a tunnel route in the hospital areas. The Indonesian hospital is the strategic underground center of Hamas's Jabalia Battalion. During the war, armed Nukba operatives were sighted in the hospital. They used it as a gathering point before leaving to carry out their activities. This was Hatikva News. Thank you so much for watching. This is where you find accurate information on the war in Israel and what is happening. I am always transparent about you with what Hamas is doing and what the IDF is doing. War is horrible. There are civilian deaths on both sides. We are losing IDF soldiers left and right. And the operation is being completed. They are finding hostages. They are returning injured soldiers. And they are unaliving Hamas. So thank you to all of our soldiers working very hard to keep Israel and the people of Israel safe. And Jews around the country, please stand up, use your voice, and come on my podcast. Much love to you all. Thank you so much for listening. And please share this channel with your friends and family. Let's get the right news out there.